This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Britain's Chancellor and Health Secretary-General resigned, throwing the government of Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, into disarray. Sajid Javid, the Health Secretary, said he had lost confidence in Mr. Johnson, who has been engulfed in repeated scandals, most recently over the drunken conduct of a senior government figure. Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, said the public expected a government run properly, competently, and seriously, and hinted at differences with Mr. Johnson over fiscal policy. Russia's parliament approved two new bills that will effectively move the country's economy into a war footing. The first could force businesses to supply the military with goods and services, and the second could compel employees of those businesses to work anti-social hours and without annual leave. Both laws require second and third readings and the signature of Vladimir Putin, the president, to become law. Police in Highland Park, Illinois, said that the 22-year-old man they had been seeking in connection with the fatal shooting of six people and wounding of at least 30 others at a 4th of July parade had been taken into custody. The shootings, the latest in a sequence of similar outrages in America, were carried out with a rifle fired from a rooftop shortly after the parade in the Chicago suburb began on Monday morning. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that he has asked Turkey and the United Nations to ensure the security of grain leaving the country's ports. Ukraine, which is one of the world's leading grain exporters, has accused Russia of blocking its ships, exacerbating a global food crisis. Mr. Zelensky said 22 million metric tons of grain are currently stuck, and that in the autumn that figure might rise to 75 million metric tons. The Bank of England warned that the economic outlook for Britain and the world has deteriorated materially. Inflationary pressures, largely created by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, are straining household and business finances. The bank predicts that global markets will experience more turbulence and has told British banks to set aside more cash to absorb future shocks. Brittany Griner, the American basketball player held in Russia, appealed to Joe Biden, America's president, for help. Miss Griner was arrested in February when airport security allegedly found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her luggage. I'm terrified I might be here forever, she wrote in a letter delivered to government officials. American authorities said they are using every available means to help her. Italy declared a state of emergency in five northern regions in response to the area's worst drought in 70 years. The drought threatens over 30% of Italy's agricultural production. Several municipalities have also set restrictions on water usage. The announcement came after a glacier collapsed in the Italian Alps, killing seven as the result of unusually high temperatures. And fact of the day. 51. The number of people killed in mass shootings in America so far this year. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A global food catastrophe is still coming. 
as well as war, disease, and poverty, hunger is haunting the world. Expect sober findings from the UN's annual State of Food Security and Nutrition in the World report, which is published on Wednesday. COVID-19 has warped supply chains and curbed household incomes, and extreme weather has hurt yields in many breadbaskets. The result was a jump in the number of undernourished people in 2021. Yet this year threatens to be worse. International grain prices, which shot up after Russia invaded Ukraine, have at least fallen to pre-war levels. But the UN's negotiations with Russia to end the blockade on Ukraine's shipping of grain have failed to bear fruit. And many risks remain, from protectionism and more adverse weather events to the soaring costs of energy and fertilizers. In May, the UN warned that the number of people facing acute hunger could rise by 47 million in 2022, bringing the total to nearly 250 million. The forecast still looks tragically credible. Biden mulls a cut in tariffs on China. On July 6, 2018, Donald Trump's first long list of tariffs on Chinese products took effect. That matters because America is required to review the levies after four years. With inflation running high, Joe Biden, Mr. Trump's successor as president, is looking for ways to ease price pressures. Eliminating tariffs on China, effectively a tax on consumers, could lower inflation by roughly half a percentage point, according to some estimates. But Mr. Biden has also vowed to be tough on China and is loath to do something that would be portrayed by Republicans as capitulation. Even within his administration, some see the tariffs as precious leverage. The result may be a narrow suspension of tariffs on school supplies, which are popular summer purchases and the like, while the rest remain in place. For Mr. Biden, this could be the worst of all worlds. He risks criticism for making concessions, while inflation remains resolutely untamed. Boris on the Brink Britain's Prime Minister has been under threat for so long that it has become difficult to imagine what would dislodge him. But the simultaneous resignations of two of his government's most senior ministers, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and Sajid Javid, the Health Secretary, have left Boris Johnson more exposed than ever. Mr. Sunak cited fundamental differences with the Prime Minister over economic policy. Mr. Javid, the need for competence and integrity. Both quit in the wake of revelations that Mr. Johnson knew of previous allegations against the former deputy chief Whip, who resigned last week following accusations that he drunkenly groped two men. Mr. Johnson will desperately try to shore up support among Tory MPs, but cabinet loyalty is now a thing of the past. Opponents are coordinating and recent by-election results signal how low his stock has sunk with voters. His survival in a confidence vote last month makes him technically safe until and unless Tory MPs change the rules on holding another ballot. 
but the game is well and truly afoot. DACA on the Docket Ten years ago, America instituted a program to block immigrants who had been illegally brought into America as children from deportation. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, scheme allowed beneficiaries to apply for work authorization, renewable every two years. DACA was supposed to be a temporary reprieve while Congress passed legislation offering undocumented arrivals a path to full citizenship. But it never did. Though popular, three-quarters of Americans support it, DACA has long been under attack. Although the Supreme Court thwarted Donald Trump's bid to end it, in 2018, Texas and other Republican-led states sued to stop the federal government from approving new enrollees. Last year, a judge sided with Texas. On Wednesday, the conservative Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will hear the Biden administration's appeal against that decision. Some 650,000 people currently benefit from DACA, and 100,000 more a year could enroll if allowed to. Instead, those young people face the possibility of deportation from the only country they have ever known. Women's Football's Winning Streak On Wednesday evening, England will play Austria in Manchester, opening the Women's European Championships. Last time England hosted the football tournament in 2005, the games were confined to five grounds in the country's northwest, and just 120,000 fans attended the 15 matches. This time, more than 500,000 tickets have been bought in advance. The final, to be held at Wembley Stadium in London on July 31st, will be played in front of 87,000 fans. The competition has been expanded to 16 teams, reflecting the growing popularity of the women's game. Star names including France's Wendy Renard, Norway's Ada Hegerberger, and Spain's Alexia Putellas now attract sponsorships from major brands and the tournament is likely to be highly competitive. Bookies reckon six of the 16 teams have a decent chance of winning. Women's football has arrived. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which country was the subject of three partitions in the late 18th century? Tuesday. Which California city is named after an 18th-century bishop and philosopher? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Frida Kahlo, who was born on this day in 1907. Nothing is worth more than laughter. It is the strength to laugh and to abandon oneself, to be light. That's the world in brief from The Economist.
available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.